Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. And it's great to be back with all of our listeners once again. We're so thankful to have this opportunity to be with you, open up God's Word each day, and study a little bit deeper, a little bit further, try to come to a better understanding, a fuller understanding, of all that God has laid out for us in His Word, the Scriptures, the Holy Bible. We're thankful to be able to have this medium of radio through which, and the internet, through which we can reach out on such a widespread basis to so many people and in that way communicate God's word with all of those blessings, all of those promises, all of that hope that he has laid out for us therein. We're thankful that we can be with you and we pray that as we continue to come together each day studying God's word that your faith is growing because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And that as your faith grows, that you will ultimately want to come to God for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross so long ago will still cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. Our prayer is that you will want to come to God in that way so that you can be forgiven and saved and have the promise of eternal life with him in heaven. We want to help you get there. We really do. And bottom line, through this ministry, we want to glorify God mightily and continually. We encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and scroll down the home page to the podcast link. Click on that and sign up for our podcasting. Now, we're not like a whole lot of radio ministries that continually badger you to send in contributions and donations and love offerings, as they're called sometimes, that's not who we are. That's not what we are. When we say go to our website at churchofchrist.com, that's free. It will always be free. When we say sign up for our podcasting, that's free. It will always be free. It'll only take you about one minute to sign up for our podcasting. And when you do that, you will automatically receive all of these radio programs to your smart device whichever one you choose, your smartphone, your computer, laptop, tablet, pad, whatever it might be. They'll automatically go every day to your, to, your smart, uh, to your smart device. And that way, even if your schedule does not permit you to be there to tune in on the radio physically each time that we might be on, even though we're on several times a day on a couple of different stations, you'll be able to still listen to this program, Search the Scriptures, every day, because you can just download it on your podcasting link, and, and it will be there for you. But that's not all that you will receive. You will also receive all of our sermons. You will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class that we podcast. You receive a great daily short Bible study that about 12 or 13 minutes each day that we call today's Bible class, covering oh, all kinds of pertinent and relevant topics, studies from God's Word. All of that will be free. Take advantage of it. 
and encourage your friends, your family members, your neighbors, your work associates, literally anybody and everybody to take advantage of it. Again, it will always be free. We just want to help you walk with God in faithfulness. We want to help you get to heaven. So take advantage of that and also encourage all of those you can to do so as well. And we're talking about something that has really been on the minds, that continues to be on the minds of people all the time. And I'm not talking about every single person, but I'm talking about this is a very prevalent and nagging doubt in the minds of many people. And from year to year, from generation to generation. And here's their question. Why would God want to save someone like me? Why would God want to save someone like me? Now, that might be a question in your mind. Why would God want to save someone like you? Many people have thought, I'm just too bad to be good. I've done something too horrible to be forgiven. Or I've lived such a wicked life for so long a period of time, I, I just, surely I cannot be forgiven. Surely God would not want to save me. Me, the way I have been. The way I am. Well, he certainly wants you to repent of your sins, of your ungodliness. When Peter and the rest of the apostles on Pentecost were asked by a number of the Jews they were preaching Jesus to on that day, what shall we do? The first word that Peter responded with was repent. And then he went on and said, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Acts 2 and verse 38. We see another occasion when a multitude was being taught about Jesus, the Savior, in Acts chapter 3. And in verse 19, Peter and John said, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Now what does repent mean? What is the concept of repentance, the principle? A change of mind, literally, that results in a change of behavior. Okay, maybe you have done horrible things in your life. Maybe you're living a very ungodly lifestyle right now. Or maybe you have someone in your life who you know who is living that kind of a lifestyle. But you can repent. They can repent. They have to make up their mind, but they can. And God, if they will come to him his way, as we said, those who asked, and let me tell you, when Peter was preaching that sermon on Pentecost, he pulled no punches. He convicted those Jewish men gathered there on that day of having crucified the Son of God. And so some said, what should we do? What shall we do? Repent and be baptized in the name of Christ for the remission of your sins. The blood of Christ is absolutely effective to cleanse you of the guilt of your sins, whatever those sins might have been or might still be. God does want to forgive you. But not only does God want to forgive you, he can forgive you. 
don't tie the hands of God in your thinking by just concluding God can't forgive me or God won't forgive me or God would not want to forgive me. He can forgive you no matter what it's been in your life. He can forgive you. I met a man many, many years ago, many decades ago. I had read his story. He had become known as the meanest man in Texas. Now, I expected a great big, maybe kind of barrel-chested, muscular, tall, broad-shouldered fella from Texas. He was not any of that. He was maybe five foot nine, five foot ten, maybe only five foot eight, rather small guy. But early in his life, he had been a mean man. He had killed, I believe, about three people. Two of them, he said, in self-defense. And the other one, I'm not sure if he even knew whether he was the one who pulled the trigger, but he was with another group of young guys, and ultimately another young guy ended up dead. He went to prison for it. And in prison, he just became more hardened, and he killed two more men in prison. He said, out of self-defense, I believe. He spent, I believe, 40 or 45, something like that. I believe it was over 40 years in prison and ultimately came out. While he was in prison, he, some, one of the guards gave him a Bible, and he decided he was going to read that Bible and prove that it was wrong. You can figure out the rest of the story, can't you? The more he read, the more he became convicted that it was absolutely wrong not only true, but it was God's word. And he became a dedicated Christian. Became a dedicated Christian. When he was finally released from prison, after so many years, he became a dedicated gospel preacher. And it influenced and led numerous souls to forgiveness and salvation through being baptized into Christ. You see, God not only wanted to, but God could forgive even someone who had been known as the meanest man in Texas. We talked about Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14. God had promised Abraham 25 years before, through your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. In other words, through your bloodline. And that was a prophecy of the coming of the Savior through the bloodline of Abraham. Abraham and Sarah at that time were 75 and 65 years old, respectively. Sarah was barren. God waited 25 years before he fulfilled the promise that was necessary within the prophecy. You see, the prophecy would not be fulfilled by God for for many hundreds of years yet but the promise within the prophecy was you're going to have a son they had no children Sarah was barren she was 65 years old Abraham was 75 years old and God waited another 25 years and I believe that very possibly that was reasoned in God's mind along the lines that there is no way that they could ever decide or determine or reason out in their own minds that they did this by themselves. They will know that it is only by my blessing that they could have this son. 
and everybody else who knew them would know the same thing. And so when Sarah was 90 years old and Abraham was 100 years old, God blessed them with that son of promise that was necessary for them to be able to ultimately through their bloodline bring the Savior into the world on a physical level. Jesus Christ, his bloodline is traced all the way back to Abraham and Sarah. In Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14, when Sarah laughed, hearing from God at the appointed time next, time, next year or at the appointed time from now, you will have that son. She laughed. And God responded, is anything too hard for the Lord? A rhetorical question. The answer is understood. No, God can do anything. In Jeremiah, we also looked at Job chapter 42, verses 1 and 2. When God was questioning Job in rapid succession, in response to Job's, oh, maybe kind of weakening faith a little bit, never denying God, never cursing him, but wondering over and over, why, why is God letting this happen to me? I have not brought this on myself because of sin. And then God starts questioning him. Why are you questioning me? But he's doing that through a series of rapid-fire questions, asking Job, were you there when I created the world? Were you there when I created this? Could you do this? Could you do that? And, of course, Job would have to be saying in his mind, uh, no, no, Lord, uh, no, no, no. How many times, I, I wonder, might he have been thinking in his mind at that time, uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry that I ever questioned you. And finally, finally, Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Job 42, verses 1 and 2. In Jeremiah chapter 32, Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 17, we read this from the prophet Jeremiah. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing now get that. There is nothing too hard for you. Nothing. You think you've been too bad to be forgiven? You think you have been so wicked that you could not possibly be saved? God would not want to save someone like you? God can create the world. If God could create this world, fashion it, design it in such a way that is at this point, as far as our knowledge is concerned, unique in all of the universe, so that how he fashioned everything together can sustain and support life on an ongoing basis, if God could put all of the mechanisms of this globe into place, but not only this globe, if God could set the universe in place, and guide it, design it to work in such a synchronous and harmonious and regular fashion. If God could do all of that, and you get the idea from the Genesis account in Genesis chapter 1, the creation account that, that God spoke and it happened. That God said, let there be light, and there was light. If God through whatever mechanism that he could do that. And we're talking about in six regular days, 
created everything we see around us. If God could do that, why would you doubt that he could save you or that he would want to save you? Nothing is impossible for God. When we look at Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26, and we can read a parallel account or similar account at least in Mark chapter 10 and verse 27. Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now did you get that? With God all things are possible. All things? Well, that would include God being able to save you. All things are possible. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing with him is impossible. With men, this is impossible. There are some things we can't do. We don't have the ability. We don't have the power. But with God, nothing is impossible. In fact, in Luke chapter 1 and verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing. And then when we look at Luke chapter 18 and verse 27, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So, could Sarah at 90 years old, having been barren all of her life, still have a child? By God's promise, she could. By God's blessing, she could. She could bear a son. After 25 years of first receiving the promise and then having it fulfilled, yeah, by God's blessing, by God's power. You know, in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, we read that with God, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. You see, God's power is unlimited. We think about praying for a certain blessing. We think about needing God's intervention in our lives in a certain way. And we think, well, I'm not sure God could do that. What are you talking about? God is able to do, and there are two adverbs in succession used there. Now, if you were, and I'm speaking a little bit from a technical kind of literary perspective here, but I love language, and I love literature. If you were taking a writing class right now, and so the, the instructor said, okay, I want you to write a, an essay or I want you to write a short story about such and such. And then you're going to turn it in and I'm going to grade it. And I'm going to critique it for you. And as he, was re- as, as he or she would be reading your essay or your short story, if they came to an adverb, and that's what exceedingly abundantly, those two words are adverbs, exceedingly abundantly, If they came to an adverb in your particular writing, they might grade you down for that. Because they might say, you don't need to be using adverbs. That's redundant. 
to have two adverbs in succession is basically unheard of. I mean, you, you just don't write like that. But here's God's word. And the effect is translated into English as two successive adverbs. God is able to do not just beyond what we ask or think. Now that would be a statement of reality and fact and ought to impress us mightily with God's power and ability. But God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now God's power, beyond my imagination, and I've got a pretty vivid imagination, but it's not just beyond my imagination on that kind of surface level statement. It is exceedingly abundantly above my imagination as to what God can do. I can look at the universe around me. I can marvel at the stars. I can, I can read about the planets. I can't see them most of the time because they're too far off in the distance. I can observe, and I love nature, I can observe the marvels of God's creation on this earth and how his creation is set in such a harmonious and synchronous fashion that it sustains, supports, and promotes life on an ongoing basis. I, I can marvel at that. But I can't do it. I can't even begin to imagine how I could design such myself. But not only can God do that, and not only did he design this earth and set the universe in its place, but God can do exceedingly abundantly beyond even that. You see, why would God want to save someone like you? First, understand that God can save someone like you. That even blessing a 90-year-old woman who had been barren all of her life with a son, God could do that. It was his doing. We think about Jesus being born physically into this world by a virgin. God's power could do that. So don't ever doubt that God can save you, even you, even someone like you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us so much, and we are in awe of you, Father, your power. Please help us to remove any doubts that you can save us as unrighteous as we have been, as sinful and ungodly as we have been. Help us to stop doubting that you can save us. Gracious Father, we pray for your forgiveness. And hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.